0: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Since we are gathered to hear God's word and to call upon him in prayer and praise, Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought and in word and in deed and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, bless mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake, forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the Word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life, where I am afraid. us, keep us aware of your daily mercies, that we may live secure and content in your eternal love, through Jesus Christ, your Son our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, is from the prophet Jeremiah, the 20th chapter. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach. And derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in. I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let, him, let us denounce him, say all oh, my close friends watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived, then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble, and they will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you have I committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of evildoers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading from Paul's letter to the Romans the sixth chapter let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law through the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men... I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit.
1: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text from the Gospel of today, St. Matthew, the 10th chapter, these words of our Lord, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, nothing is hidden that will not be known. This is our text, your friends in Christ. Periodically, the great 20th century poet Robert Frost would have a class that he would teach to teachers. His first assignment to the teachers would be to do this. He would say that they were to read Mark Twain's The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County. Now for those of you who have read that in your days, The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, was you recall about a frog that lost a jumping contest because he'd been pumped full of quail shot So that he simply was so weighed down with lead that he couldn't move and while the class then assembled they were wondering how in the world this could possibly apply to them and to a course in education and frost patiently explained but don't you see twain's story can be applied to teachers it can be applied to teaching and then to paraphrase him a bit he said there are two kinds of teachers there's the kind of teacher that fills the students with So many of the hard and the harsh realities of life that they become so fearful about them that they are weighed down like that frog in Mark Twain's Calaveras County. And then he said there are those teachers that give them the facts, that give them the details of the harsh realities of life, but at the same time they give them something, they give them that prod that enables them to jump higher and farther than they ever thought that they could. The beginning of today's gospel text says of the disciples, then Jesus sent them out, the twelve, instructing them. Here's the teacher, teaching those who would go out and teach others. Teaching those to whom he said that they would disciple all nations, how? By baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Note then, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever he had commanded them. And so the teacher now, the master teacher, is sending out those who will teach others in his name. And note how the teacher of all teachers prepares the preaching teachers to go out. He doesn't paint for them some Pollyanna picture of what the world is like out there. He doesn't paint for them some Pollyanna picture of what it's going to be like for them to be confessors out there in the world, as is done today by so many of the those who preach a gospel of popularity and the gospel of prosperity in our day no, Jesus tells it very much like it is and like it always has been it's going to be tough out there he says to his disciples in essence There are going to be temptations out there there's going to be tribulation out there there's going to be you can be sure persecution toward you out there there's going to be a lot of quail shot flying around out there and a lot of it's going to be headed in your direction because you can be sure Satan has both barrels pointed at you just as he has at me. Isn't that in essence what our Lord Jesus is telling his disciples when he sends them out and then he tells them about brother rising up against brother, father against his children, children against their parents the closest family unities against one another is going to be like that and it's all he says because of my name for my name's sake there's hostility out there toward the name of jesus christ and that hostility is going to be you can be sure of it vented upon you always has been that way in the history of the church and always will be because the church is in the world though to be sure the church is not of the world and you are going to be on the receiving end of it that's what it means to be a disciple of the cross you're going to be on the receiving end of it because he says as we heard in today's gospel a disciple he says isn't above his teacher and a servant isn't above his master and if they did it to me which they did if they did that to me what are they going to do to you and in due time each and every one of the disciples save the Apostle John found that very truth to be evident in their own lives and so it is that the testimony of the ancient church tells us that Simon Peter was crucified in Rome remember upside-down his brother Andrew was crucified spread-eagle In southern Greece, after having spent years preaching the gospel of Christ and teaching the gospel of Christ in the Ukraine, James put to sword by Herod Agrippa in Jerusalem in AD 44. His brother John persecuted from banishment to a Greek island for 14, 15 years. There was Philip martyred in Turkey, and there was Bartholomew who was flayed, who was skinned alive north of modern-day Baku on the Caspian Sea, or there was Thomas, speared to death near Madras on the coast of India, and Matthew and Matthias martyred in Ethiopia, James martyred in Egypt, Jude and Simon hacked to death in Persia, modern Iran. The teacher, letting his disciples know that there would be A lot of quail shot flying around out there, and again it would be aimed at them, but he says he wasn't about. You can be sure to let all of that weigh them down to immobilize them. He gave them the facts, he gave them the reality, so they wouldn't live in some superfluous Pollyanna world, but at the same time he also gave them The certain hope that they needed to go forward in the midst of that world to do what he had called them to do. He would not allow them to be weighed down and immobilized by the fear of what they would confront, as was Mark Twain's frog in Calaveras County, weighed down by the lead that was within him. No, what he told them, what he taught them, the opposition that they would confront simply prodded them to jump higher and further than they ever thought that they could. And isn't that indeed why they went from one place to the other in fact we heard it in the gospel for today jesus said to them when they persecute you in one town then flee to the next and so it is through that very process of persecution that our lord moves the witness of his name from one town to the next from one place to the next shouting it as they went actually discussing it as they went proclaiming it the Gospel tells us they went from rooftop to rooftop because that's where, in the heat of those mid-eastern days, families would gather and where they'd meet on the housetops. And there the disciples would converse with those with whom they stayed from city to city as they went from place to place, from housetop to housetop, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ in faraway places as they were martyred, as we heard in so many different places in India and in Ethiopia and Iran as well as Greece and in Turkey and Rome those very disciples who begun in Jerusalem silenced by intimidating powers hardly to them such threats to life and to limb were to them ultimately mere facades indeed what was whispered to them by our Lord on the Hilltops of Palestine was shouted out by them from the house tops of, of those faraway places. Such too, if you look at the Old Testament lessons today, and you can see how they're related to one another as we read through these lessons, you can, you can see that with Jeremiah. The same thing was true with Jeremiah in our Old Testament lesson. There was a man of God, a young man of God, to be sure, who felt the same forces of the powers that We're coming down upon him, people standing round about him, mocking him. Why? Because of the confession of the Lord that he made. How did he put it? He says, I've become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me for the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and a derision all the day long. Even his supposed friends. Waiting for the expedient moment would betray him when that moment of expediency came. I hear many whispering, he said, friends waiting for me to slip up, saying now we'll prevail over him, now we'll take revenge upon him. Fair-weathered friends at best, false friends more likely, friends ready to take, not simply to quick cover, But friends who would take quick flight from Jeremiah when the quail shot was sounded around him not that Jeremiah didn't ever entertain the idea himself of simply sitting still and remaining silent when the world was shouting him down he did entertain that thought that's implied in the words that he says when he says well then I will not mention God I'll not speak his name anymore but then what does he say he says but if I say that there's in my heart a, a burning fire that's shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in, indeed I cannot hold it in. And the momentarily muted prophet could remain a mute no more and he had to speak. And speak he did, his words clearly doing the first thing that words will do coming from one who confesses, namely confessing the one who sent them to confess. His fears being overcome. And he praises the one who unties his momentarily intimidated tongue. The Lord, he said, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and they will not prevail against me. And So you've got Jeremiah also echoing the divinely inspired sentiment of the psalmist before him that we heard of in today's intro. The psalmist who wrote, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to harm me? Jeremiah, like the prophets who came before him, the apostles that we heard of earlier, the confessors of the truth who would come after him, simply couldn't hold them down. And they simply would not be held down in the face of error, in the face of terror, in the face of falsehood. So Martin Luther, who urged by friends to be silent in the face of papal errors in his day, what does Luther say? He said, he who holds his teaching and faith and confession to be true cannot stand in the same stall with those who teach false doctrine and are inclined thereto. A teacher, he says, who is silent against error and still professes to be a true teacher is worse than an open fanatic. And he does more harm than he. Be it the prophets, the apostles, the reformers, the confessors of faith throughout all of the ages, they all, like Jeremiah in our Old Testament reading today, or like the Apostle Paul in our Epistle lesson today, or Luther just quoted, they all heard and they all heeded the words of our Lord that we heard in the Gospel reading for today. Fear not. Be not afraid of man. Fear not what the world would do to you. Because no matter what it is, it cannot undo what I have already done for you. For I, the Lord says, have inscribed your name in the eternal book of life. And how did he put it there? How did the Lord inscribe your name there? He put it there indelibly. It cannot be erased from there. He put it there with his own sacred blood impeccably shed upon the cross to eternally erase from the divine ledger every sin which you've ever committed against him, every sin that was entered there in that ledger, the ledger that St. John describes as the book of judgment which at the end of time is opened, that the dead might all be judged according to the things that are written therein because of the blood of Jesus Christ spilling over your pages in that book there will be a blessed void there there will be for you a glorious emptiness there where your sins would otherwise have been recorded in plain view because of Christ there will be a remarkable absence of any kind and every kind of mark that might have otherwise been written down and cited verbally by the adversary against you at the end of time and so Saint Paul says that Christ has, he says, canceled out the certificate of debt that consisted of decrees against us, having taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. The adversary against us has nothing anymore with which to charge us. Because, as St. John says, we have an advocate, a defender. We have an advocate with the Father, even Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, and He Himself is the propitiation for our sins. Who then, St. Paul says, who then, if Christ is for us, who can possibly bring a charge against God? For God is the one who justifies. Who is it that would dare condemn in all of heaven? And upon all of earth only one thing could erase your sins and my sins our sins from the book of judgment and that was the sacrificial blood of the son of god of jesus christ and that is what it took and that's what it was and in all of heaven and upon all of earth only one authority could ever inscribe our names indelibly upon the book of life and that one authority is none less than the same lord jesus christ who in the last script of scripture speaks of each of us saying i will not erase his name from the book of life nay i will confess his name before my father and before his angels sounds a lot like what he says in today's gospel doesn't it that he would confess our name even before the father which is in heaven don't be afraid jesus says don't be afraid of those who are going to mistreat you because in this world for a time you would bear my name don't even fear them though they threaten to kill your body they can't kill your soul they cannot take from you what I have given eternally to you they cannot remove one letter of your name from my book of life so confess me boldly confess me before men to be sure, the world will try, as it has tried with those before you, to silence you by weighing you down with either the fear of its power in the world out there where you have to live, or by the fear of your sin's power still accusing you, threatening you from within. But it will not succeed. It can't. Because the faith implanted within you through His Word, like that of Jeremiah, like that of the disciples of our Lord, like that of the confessors of the faith throughout the ages that faith that he's implanted within you through holy baptism, that he strengthens in you through his word and sacraments that faith simply will not be silent it will not be silenced and intimidated muted by fear why? because we bear The unconquerable name of the one who knows no fear of the one who fears no foe less than 300 years after the death of the last apostle one of the early church fathers sets before us an example of what it is to confess christ's name in the world no matter what might come his name was chrysostom john chrysostom and he was called that because Chrysostom means golden-mouthed, and he was known for his eloquence in preaching and in his teaching and his bold confession of the faith. Consistently, he made that bold confession of faith over against others of his day who urged him constantly to be silent, at least to accommodate himself to the views of the emperor of the time who wasn't Christian. Chrysostom refused. He determined that he would preach the truth, that he would preach it boldly, didn't set well with the powers that be tradition tells us the Roman Emperor ordered Chrysostom to be arrested and to appear before him it was done the Emperor told Chrysostom if you will not renounce your faith in Christ then I will banish you from the kingdom Chrysostom responded to the threat by saying Emperor you can't do that you can't banish me from the kingdom because the whole world is Christ's kingdom and I am his and he is mine Disturbed at what he viewed as the impertinence of it all, the emperor replied, Then I will take away your life. And Chrysostom said, But you can't take my life either. For my life, scripture says, is hidden with Christ and God, and you can't touch it. Frustrated that Chrysostom refused to be intimidated, the Roman emperor threatened to take him from him all of his treasures. Chrysostom said, My treasures, you can't take them from me, for my treasure is in heaven where my heart is now enraged the emperor shouted then i will drive you away from here and you shall have no friends left at which Christum responded you cannot for i have one friend from whom you can never ever sever me and that is my christ i will not be silent concerning him <coughs> For because of him you can do me no harm. And the aged Chrysostom was absolutely right. So was King August- Gustavus Adolphus of Sweden, who 1300 years after Chrysostom after writing the words that were going to sing led his army in singing them too before they went out to battle to fight for the right of men and women and children to openly confess their faith in Christ as it was delivered to the saints of old and he wrote and he sang as his last earthly song because he died during the battle this is what he wrote and had his army sing as true as God's own word is true not earth nor hell satanic crew against us shall prevail there might a joke a mere facade god is with us we with god our victory cannot fail it didn't then it won't now it never will in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen please stand and sing with me a little flock fear not the foe
0: The funeral for Della was, or Lila, was this past week. And with thanksgiving, we also remember Eric and Sherry grew in our prayers to celebrate today their, or rather, this in these days, to celebrate their 21st wedding anniversary. We now come before our Lord in prayer. God of heaven and earth, Father of your dear children, whose good pleasure it is to give, so that we may freely receive, accept our thanks, that by the death of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you have released mankind from servitude to sin and have guaranteed this freedom with the sign of his resurrection. By God the Holy Spirit, graciously bring trust in this atoning work to the hearts of many, that believing in the work of God your Son, these may possess eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Christ Jesus, Lord of your church, we give you thanks for faithfulness to your promise that you would continue to supply pastors to serve the needs of your people. Bless the Reverend Stephen Mons, today ordained and installed to serve your flock at Trinity Lutheran in Anna, Illinois, that, tooled with the knowledge by seminary studies, he would be a blessing to your people, even as they would be a blessing unto him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Imprint, O Christ, upon the minds of your people the knowledge and the image of your confessing our names before the Father in heaven, so that emboldened and strengthened by it, your pastors and parishioners alike will confess before men your name, even at risk of pain or harm or persecution. And wherever persecuted, uphold us with that promised grace sufficient for the day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Forgiven of sin, now guide our path that we may not enslave ourselves again to that which leads to death, but walk as children of the light. Direct our thoughts and words and deeds that we would glorify you in our conduct, and that others, seeing your light reflected in our lives, might also glorify you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty and yet tender God, look with pity upon those whose lives have been devastated by the floods in Iowa and in Wisconsin and other parts of the Midwest. By your strong arm, draw back the flood waters, we pray, and preserve further homes and property from destruction. Be also with those who suffer loss by the fires that burn around us, and be also with those who fight those fires. Amid the ruin, let your word of eternal security because of Christ be shared to the comfort of many in the building up of faith. Open the hands of your people to hasten aid to those who now stand in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of our life, regard your children who are sick or chronically suffering, including all the homebound members of this congregation and Pearl, the sister of Meg Wilkinson, who is afflicted with cancer, Comfort also Meg Wilkinson at the death of husband Bob and Denise Grace and family at the death of her aunt Lila Della Maggiore. May all these burdened by sickness or grief cast their cares upon you and be heartened to a calming and certain repose by your biblical promises of life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, with Eric and Sherry Grew and family, we give you thanks for the 21... years of marriage with which you have blessed them, grant Eric and Sherry continued love for each other, that strengthened daily by your love for them they may be drawn ever together with each joy and sorrow and life that they would share. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Living Lord, because apart from you we can do nothing, keep us firmly rooted in and connected to your life-giving and sin-forgiving grace that in communion with you We would endure by your grace and strength unto the end lord in your mercy hear our prayer these petitions and whatever else you know that is good for us your children we ask you to grant for the sake of christ jesus our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit and who has taught us together to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Lord Jesus Christ, giver and perfecter of our faith, we thank and praise you for continuing among us the preaching of your gospel, for our instruction and edification. May your Holy Spirit, by his words spoken to us, increase our saving knowledge of you, that day by day we may be strengthened in the divine truth and remain steadfast in your grace. Give us strength to fight the good fight and by faith to overcome all the temptations of Satan, the flesh, and the world, so that we may finally receive the salvation of our souls. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you.